Assalamu alaikum, Patreon fam. We want to make this video today to talk about Ramadan or more so the time after because that's the time that we are in. And, you know, alhamdulillah, we've made it. We've hopefully experienced some amazing things and hopefully cultivated, you know, uh, a deeper deen, a deeper practice and all that stuff. But now, now's the, the real test. Now is when it's like supposedly uh, Faya was telling me that during Ramadan, uh, Sheikh Dan and all the Shayateen are locked up. And that supposedly after Ramadan, well, they ain't locked up no more. So it's like, all right, everything that we cultivated within that month, now we're going to be tested and we're going to see like, okay, are we, did we actually learn something? Did we actually cultivate something? Or was it just periodically for like that one month? And we want to make this video to just touch on these things and how we can continue to keep the things that we cultivated for the long run. I mean, obviously I'm a revert, so I'm not gonna know too much extensively, but the two brothers here will definitely be able to go in further than me. Um, but yeah, with that being said, Rami, what you got to say on the matter? Bismillah. Well, firstly, I wanna say that I think that you know, you can bring something to the table. I mean, if I can't, you know, this being your first actual Ramadan, I think that, you know, sheds light in a, in a different way or on some spots that, you know, I couldn't really touch on myself. Uh, so I think, you know, your your anecdotal experience, mashallah, would be, you know, crucial for Muslims who are born to Islam and reverts uh, alike. But with me, I would say that I heard once that a sign of an accepted Ramadan and accepted fasting and everything is your bad habits that died stay dead and your good habits that you created, um, you know, you keep them and maintain them. So things like, you know, if you're praying sunnah prayers during Ramadan, don't stop after Ramadan. If you're reading the Quran during Ramadan, don't start, don't, sorry, don't stop afterwards. <laughs> you should definitely start if you haven't, but uh, don't stop reading the Quran afterwards. Basically saying uh, the good that you started to do in Ramadan, uh, don't stop it. You know, there is a portion that, you know, feels closer to Allah because the gates of Jahannam are closed. The gates of Jannah are open. The shayateen, like the chiefs and the leaders, they're locked They're locked up. Um, and for that reason, you know, it's the holiest month of Ramadan. We feel close to Allah. But actually, um, it seems that the reason we feel so close to Allah and the ummah as a whole is because we're engaged in things that Allah made obligatory for us and we're doing voluntary acts of good. Allah says the most beloved acts of worship are those which he made obligatory. And the slave continues to get closer to Allah with voluntary acts of good until Allah begins to love him or her. And now what we see is that that's exactly what people are trying to do during Ramadan. So if you continue that, you'll still have that feeling as if it's Ramadan, even though it's not. Maybe not exactly the same, but uh, you know, close enough. Continue to fast um, uh, for the month of like Shawwal, the, the six uh, days and, and the three white days of every month and Mondays and Thursdays like the Prophet, peace be upon him, did. And you will, inshallah, continue to feel that closeness to Allah. Uh, because if you feel that you Allah, you and Allah drifted away, Allah isn't moving. So who's the one who moved? Obviously you. How do you get back on track? By doing the obligatory and the sunnah and voluntary acts of good until Allah begins to love you. That's my uh, two cents. Fire. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Mashallah, man. That was perfect. Bro, all I, all I wanted to add was... For me, this is just what I do. Regardless of missing any days of fasting or not, I fast for a little bit longer after Eid. You know, and this is something I've been doing anyway, like even outside of Ramadan throughout the year. I'll do a couple of days of like 
proper Ramadan style fasting, dry fasting, not just intermittent, right? And it just keeps me in that in that state, in that frame. Especially right before Ramadan, I'll fast a week before Ramadan just to kind of prep for it too. And it just helps me really stay in the game. And I agree with you, bro. Habits that you quit during Ramadan, I found myself like, like very easy to keep them and abstain from them after Ramadan. So it's good to know that it's a good sign that I actually quit it, bro. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Bro, so repeat those uh the sunnah fasting yeah so for the sunnah there is something called the three white days which i believe is the 14th 15th and 16th of every month mm-hmm. and uh mondays and thursdays those are when the prophet would fast as sunnah um and there's actually a study subhanallah that, that showed uh that if a person fasts two days a week it's like the most healthiest for them or something like that i, I don't remember the study or anything but i remember hearing that faintly so if you guys are interested look it up but um yeah, the sunnah is to fast Mondays and Thursdays and then the three white days of every month. So would it be a dry fast on it would those be days? Fast, it would be fasting as if you're fasting on all mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I believe in Islam, we only have dry fasting. Yeah, I don't okay. think... Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, question for the both of you. when, Because y'all have been Muslim definitely for a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. But throughout y'all's lives, what has uh, caused you to drift? In, in terms of Ramadan, like after you finish Ramadan and you've fallen back into like old patterns of behavior, what has caused you to shift back into these patterns? Hmm. Fai, you want to go first? Bro, straight up, my answer is not going to be as long as maybe Rami's. Actually, I don't know how long Rami's answer is going to be. But my answer is short, bro. When I have low Iman, Ramadan is just an event. It's just a month of fasting. It's just a month of directions. Kind of like when you have low Iman. Salah isn't connecting with Allah and worship. It's more like going through those movements and getting that little, you know, that two-second, two-minute thing that you got to do, not really present. You know what I mean? So for me, when I didn't have high Iman, forget after Ramadan, but Ramadan itself was just, you know, sometimes I wouldn't really be fasting or I didn't really take it seriously, right? Um, it just... It just was something that I knew I had to do. I didn't really understand the value. I had no iman. So similarly, when Ramadan was done, I was just like, whatever, bro. Until next Ramadan. Yeah. So for Allah, but that's the that's the mentality that I had. But once I really got into Islam, it didn't matter like what it was. I didn't question things anymore because I most of the things that Allah t- tells us to do, I see the value. Mm-hmm. The 20% or 10% of things that I don't really see the direct you know, cause and effect or the direct reasoning or understanding behind, I trust Allah because the other 90%, 99%, I'm literally able to see, feel, um, you know, mental, mentally like visualize and like actually relate to the effects that, you know, Allah guaranteed and promised us and willed for us. But the little things that, you know, don't do this, don't do that, that I'm kind of like not 100% with understanding why. No, man, it's, it's all from Allah. I'm, I'm, I'm fully at the point where I know that everything Allah tells us to do is for our own good. And I'm grateful that Allah even gave us the consciousness to like see these blessings. Just like Mahdi said in, uh, in that episode. Yeah, mashallah, mashallah. SubhanAllah. I can relate to that so heavily, man. That was actually going to be like the first part of my answer. Um, SubhanAllah. The mentality, you know, looking at Ramadan, maybe not as just an event, but looking at Ramadan as this is the peak. And then after that, it's it, like once the 30th, 30th night or the last night of Ramadan is, is done, it's like 
it's like I regress all of a sudden instantly. It's like it's no longer Ramadan, which means I'm not as good, which means I revert back to the state. So the first one is a mentality. If you think that way, okay, you're not going to be any better than you were before Ramadan. You're just going to regress right away because the way you're thinking. Secondly, I would say is um, if you do haram, like if you're engaging in sin, maybe because of that mentality or whatever, then it's going to drive you further away from Allah. You're going to feel like you don't want to pray. You're going to feel like you don't want to fast. You're going to feel like you don't want to read Quran because it's it's this kind of cognitive dissonance where you, you're doing things a Muslim should do and you're doing things a Muslim shouldn't do. And it's kind of like you you lean to one side uh, rather than the other. So I think those things uh, are what really kill, uh, you know, after Ramadan or even during the Ramadan, the mentality. And if you go back to haram, I think that really ruins it for people. Um, I think mentality is the worst one, to be honest, because, you know, if you have a bad mentality, then everything else is going to suck in your life. So if your mentality is kind of like on and off, um, sometimes you perform haram, sometimes you don't, you always repent. Mm-hmm. What's what's what actually allows one to have high iman or low iman? Yeah. So subhanAllah, high iman and low iman come and go, to be honest, you don't really control it. But there are th- certain things you could do. So for example, if your iman is low, the Prophet ﷺ, a group of, of companions came to him and they said, you know, we're experiencing doubts, horrible doubts of kufr. And the Prophet ﷺ said, this is good news because it's a sign of high iman, right? So, you know, feeling certain ways or thinking certain ways doesn't necessarily mean you have low iman. Um, but I would say get your foundation down in Islam, understand the basics of Islam and all that if you don't. And honestly, just studying Islam increases your iman. Just reading the Quran increases your iman. Just reflecting on Allah, thinking about Allah, just that mentality alone will increase your iman. So if you don't feel close to Allah, it's very possible that you should just increase in certain things. Um, or it may be that you're experiencing some kind of uh, doubt or something. And if it's emotional skepticism, you could dismiss it. If it's logical dis- uh, skepticism, you can deal with it, find the answer. And those are things that for me, and you know, anecdotally speaking, I uh, experienced and went through. And uh, that's how I would deal with it. But how about you, man? How's your Ramadan? How's afterwards? How are you feeling about it? It was beautiful, though. It was... I, I can't really put it into words, dude. Like, I try in my videos that I've done, like, a little series. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's so poor, bro. Like, everything that I say, I'm just like, ah, oh, bro, it's so much more than that. Like, me putting it into words is, like, me dumbing it down to, like, something that's just a poor... Oh, bro, just a, a, a poor translation of what I experienced. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, I but my question. Go What's ahead up? before I even ask. No, bro. Ahead. I was just going to say I relate to that. That's why, like, sometimes reading the translation of the Quran doesn't do it justice remotely because you're trying to translate something that Allah has revealed in Arabic in another language where it might not be one to one, where tasfir might even be a little more to the heart in those yeah. circumstances. So I can relate to you, bro. Yeah. So a question that I have for the both of you, let's say someone is doing all these things, but their Iman is still wavering, or they're just having a hard time, like really getting into it and having that faith. Like what then? And I'm not saying that I'm experiencing that. I'm just saying like in general. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend, I recommend uh, giving a Rokia a try. 
there's no harm in doing Rokia. Mm. And, you know, at the very least, like, one of the signs of Jin is that you'll get phases of high Iman and low Iman. And I'm not talking about a Jin possession, like a full-on possession. There's levels to possession that's talked about in that hadith, right? There's levels where, I forgot what it was. It started with L. Um, there were two that started with L. One was like a, a mild possession, like a slight possession where they're just, you know, in your presence. There's another one where there's multi-Jin and they're, they're actually entering you. There's ones that are fully possessing you to the point where you need, you know, Rokia. But I'm saying there's no harm in doing a rukia, right? At the very least. But one of the signs is again high and low iman because the jinn they don't want you to know that you're the host. They don't want you to know that they're affecting you, right? So essentially, it tries to you know give you waswasa and to mislead you to just you know get to a point where you basically are living in a haram life and you rationalize that the only reason you feel guilty mm. is because of this Islam thing because of Allah, mm. right? So then you're like, okay, my problems clearly just islam and you know it doesn't really make that much sense anyway i can't really prove a lie anyway and that's essentially where the downward slippery, slippery slope starts my invitation is there's no harm getting a rokia right yeah yeah so how like what rokia specifically like do, what they do on themselves would they go to somebody or... i would recommend doing it on yourself bro, because you know it's not going to be the same as you know somebody that's doing the rokia on you um, who specialize in that, right? You can listen to Quran recitations, right? There's been people that listen to Quran recitations and they don't feel anything, but then they go to, you know, get, uh, you know, Rokia done and they have weird symptoms. They, they fully, you know, get possessed. And these, these specialists, they'll, these imams, they know how to like, you know, hold you down. They know exactly what to do because they do this for a living. May Allah, you know, protect all of them and increase them and grant them the highest levels of Jannah, bro, because this is not an easy thing to do. This is a very risky and, and ballsy thing which is, you know, playing with, with smokeless fire, to say the least. Yeah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. So you mean for the person to actually go to a professional, not to get it yeah. done like themselves? Not to, like, do a YouTube online, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. type video. And that's, that's not it, bro. Okay, yeah, because you had said for the person to do it themselves, but I think you meant the other. With your answer, you probably meant the other one. You just had a little slip of the tongue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like yeah. how the gin just slips right in, right? Pause. <laughs> you can do Rokia yourself by reciting Quran yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just don't like look up a YouTube video or something. Yeah. Um, that might not help. But yeah, yeah. good answer, mashallah. I actually, I didn't even think about, you know, gin possession or anything like that. SubhanAllah. Um, but I would say, um, actually, Fletcher mentioned something called Tazkiyah to me recently. Tazkiyah is like purification of the soul. Mm-hmm. Like the, the etiquettes, right? And uh, it has a lot to do with intention and purifying yourself and your soul, your intentions towards Allah, the deen, the religion, all of that. So the only other thing I can think of is that maybe you're doing these actions, but your heart's not in the right place. So you need to do tazkiyah and purify yourself and your soul and uh, be as pure as possible when you do these acts for the sake of Allah, because then that's a sign they're getting accepted because a person can pray and be mindless in prayer. Are they going to feel the reward and the benefits? Maybe not. Uh, So perhaps they just need to fix that part of themselves. And if they really think they're being as sincere as possible and they still have some, you know, Iman problem, they cannot pinpoint it. I would say just make dua to Allah. I mean, that should be number one. Step number one, make dua to Allah. But uh, in that case, all you can do is make dua to Allah and wait. Hmm. I mean, bro. I mean, bro, I'm interested in both. I'll probably do both. Yeah, mashallah. How do you do the... um, thing that Fletcher mentioned oh Tazkiyah 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 is is more of like a subject that you learn right so Tazkiyah is is knowing that you should love what Allah loves and hate what Allah hates hates right 
um, your attitude towards the Quran, your attitude towards the Hadith, your attitudes towards Allah, attitude towards the Prophet just your perspective, your outlook, and the way you see things, the way you learn things, and that you have to implement what you learn and teach it um, afterwards, inshallah. So just certain things like that, your etiquettes, your manners, your knowledge, and your attitude, um, all kind of go under this purification of the heart. Because once you perfect these things or get them to a high level, inshallah, uh, the way your heart is, you know, is, is a lot more content as a, as a person. And you're working. So is, is this something, is there a specific way to do this? Or is this something that someone just kind of like has to go about it in their own manner? Um, well, I mean, it would most likely be, a, it's like studying it, reading a book. Like mm-hmm. I learn it in my class at YD1. They, they uh, teach it in, in both levels of it. We just finished level two, alhamdulillah. And uh, so you can have a teacher, you can read a book on it, you can watch a video on it. Um, or you can research it yourself. Mm. Yo, guys, let me let me slip something else in right now, real quick. While we were talking about all this, I forgot we were recording. Was that just me? No, that me too. Me too. No, no, right? I, I definitely like... forgot we were recording. It was very, very nice. It was in flow. flow. It was natural, right? Yeah. Mm, that's good, bro. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But um, it's it's beautiful that like you mentioned that, man, and. Like voila, or during Ramadan, man. Like y'all, y'all know. Like before Ramadan, um, I was kind of like, just kind of iffy about the hadith. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't speak very much about the, uh, mm-hmm. the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it's, it's not that I like saw anything bad. It was just like, I don't know. Like I, I, I didn't click. Mm-hmm. It didn't click the way that the Quran had clicked. And like I just not all the hadiths made sense. It's just not not all of it clicked. And it's like I I don't know, but I didn't want to like idolize the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And it's like, bro, during Ramadan, bro, the hadiths click. Subhanallah. I'm gonna send the hadiths click, <laughs> and bro, and um, dude, like I I before Ramadan. I don't think I had a hundred percent trust and faith in the Prophet. So And like during Ramadan, like it was like a complete shift where it's like I, there was one day like after prayer where I was like, you know what? Like I believe I believe it a hundred percent. Like I trust, I trust in the Prophet. And bro, like the moment that that happened. You know, what, I'm not even gonna say. I'm not even gonna say what happened. I'm just gonna say that that is what happened during the Ramadan. Like now, I have that trust, and um, yeah, the hadith click. So, alhamdulillah. <laughs> alhamdulillah, mashallah. That's a beautiful thing, man. Wallah. I'm gonna send this clip to Brother Farid, inshallah. Hadith <laughs> them and all that. Subhanallah. <laughs> yeah, man. Alhamdulillah, ya Rabbi. Alhamdulillah. But you, you're right, man. It's like the moment that that like you start to believe in that more like mm. it, it i don't i'm trying to put it into words here because i'm doing a bad job but it is like i can say i can honestly say from direct experience because it's only been a few weeks that like when that happened like my iman just like instantly skyrocketed mm-hmm. and it's like before like yeah i believed in the quran i was reading the quran i was doing my prayers but it's like Man, like when you have that trust in the actual prophet of Islam, 
when like you look at the hadith and like they click now and like you're seeing them and like it all it's, it's all like aligning and making sense like subhanallah subhanallah bro mm-hmm. you remind me of a hadith uh something like that uh, something like uh subhanallah they won't be you know true believers until they love you like the prophet more than themselves and their in their families and mm-hmm. he responded to the prophet and he was like listen i love you but i don't love you more than myself and then later he left and he came back and he's like, you know, you know, Rasulullah, now I love you more than myself. SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same thing for him, SubhanAllah. I was gonna say, isn't there a verse in the Quran that says anyone that doesn't follow the Prophet is not from the Ummah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, and, and and like the, the whole way that we got the Quran was through the same means that we get hadith, at least authentic ones, right? It's the same chain of transmission. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it's more like the authentic hadith that completely align with the Quran, cool, follow. Because the Quran is the actual word of Allah, right? The things that can neither align nor disalign, right? For, for example, things that are not directly in the Quran, follow these because they're so authentic. But these aren't, these little trivial things aren't like necessitating you causing rifts in the ummah and disagreeing with your own brothers. But that's just my opinion, right? Follow it, but like, you can't, you don't need to like, you know, create more division in the Ummah because of this. And things that are not really even in line with the Quran, like whatever, bro. Yeah, like the yeah. Prophet ate chicken. Cool. You know? Alayhi wa sallam, salam, bro. Chicken is good. You know? But there's people here that are like, oh, there's no music in the Quran. So I'm going to listen to music. Like, bro, there's clearly hadith written on hadith, on hadith, on hadith. Like, people just don't want to accept mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... You know, now that I look back on it, a big reason why I was so resistant against the Hadith. Uh, y'all know why. It was exactly, exactly. And, like, bro, the more that I, like, really sat with that and, like, I understood it. Like, I understood it 100% where it's like, ah, you know what? It is haram to strike your brother in the face. And I've said this before. Like, I wouldn't want to strike Rami or Fire in the face out of anger, bro. Out of anger. Now, again, I sat with it and I was like, you know what? For training purposes, it makes sense that it would be uh, permissible. But then, for professional purposes, like if I'm just doing it for money, if I'm doing it for like a career, like, okay, well, it, it kind of gets to be a little bit more than uh, training purposes at that point because there are other ways to go about training it. And, bro, like the more that I just understood it, and like put myself aside, I started to realize like, ah, this emotional response that I had was what was causing this uh this rift in between all the other hadiths. Where it's like, man, like once I put that aside, like it's like, ah, well, okay, I can see this. I can see that. And it all just starts clicking and coming together where it's like, dude, the most authentic hadiths can almost be seen as the truth, if not the truth. Now, you know, Allah who Right, Allahu we, we don't know that, but it's like you can clearly connect it with the Quran. And it's like then you have the other hadiths, which um they might not be as authentic, but there's a lot of wisdom behind it. You know what I mean? Whereas like mm-hmm. even then, like it's it's still something that can uh progress you in your practice in your deen. Yeah. I agree, bro. Hadith rejectors are yeah. just 
to me, people are either arrogant or ignorant, bro. And I like to give people the benefit of the doubt at least the first time so that they're ignorant to me, right? I don't want to see anyone as ill-informed or, you know, anything like that. So I'm just going to say they're uninformed, right? But again, everything with Islam, it happens in steps, bro. You made a video yourself on your main channel about self-improvement happens in steps. And I think with Iman, it's the same thing. Like your your Iman's not going to be on 10 the day you say your Shahada. Right, but you're gonna if your heart is pure and you truly want to improve your life and come closer to your creator, your master. If you take the steps and you just be patient with the pro the process, bro, you'll be. Then we watched that video like yesterday or two days ago that was like, um, whenever you're you make a, a little issue or a little problem like bigger than it is, Allah's gonna give you bigger trials and tribulations. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. so patience is is one of our greatest virtues as as an ummah. Subhanallah, Subhanallah, that's true. Right, so you can even extrapolate that to, uh, you know, the ayah in the Quran. Indeed, the help of Allah is near with with Palestine. Yeah, you know, keep making yeah. dua, but at the end of the day, like, no one goes to hell without truly deserving, right? And these people are definitely going to go to hell. These transgressors, so just got to be uh, be patient in the meantime. Yeah, and the more I think about it, I think this should be an episode on YouTube. And not yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Man. I was like, dude, let's just throw this on the YouTube. This yeah. is a good episode. It's a good episode, bro. It's just guys, if you made it this far, write down hashtag um Allah on Picket since he was basically the star of the show. But once you guys put the hashtag down that he's gonna tell you, uh yeah, this was hashtag, supposed to be a Patreon video, but we made this into a YouTube video. Hashtag ER emotional resistance. Oh, E R. I thought you said eat hard, and I was like, Yeah, I was thinking eat hard. E R. Pause, bro. Pause, bro. You got that nasty mind right now, boy. Stuff for Allah. Listen, the more that I think about it now, like the people who reject hadiths, it has to be because of emotional resistance. Yeah. Yeah. What other reason could it be? Like, they want to say, and listen, I'm going to speak here. Because I feel like I was I was getting close to that point, you know. Like I'm, I'm I'm not gonna reject it, but at the same time I wasn't accepting it, so I was very close. I was like borderline. Uh, I guess you guys would call it a, a Quranist. Is that what they call themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just I was a hadith rejected. Yeah. Yeah, hadith rejected. Where it's like I, I didn't believe it, but it's like, dude, it was just the emotional resistance because one of them didn't sit right with me. So then because one of them didn't sit right with me, I closed myself off to all the rest of them. And then even more, like, started showing up that didn't sit right with me. But it's like the moment that it's like, ah, I fully understood this one that I had emotional resistance to. And I opened up to that one. Then all the other ones that I started feeling emotional resistance to just faded away. And I started opening up to each one of them. SubhanAllah, man. I just want to offer even more respect to you, mashallah, because bro, Allah, that is the hard, like so that is such a difficult thing to do to remove your emotions from something, especially something like your 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 belief, right? To remove yourself from it completely and just look at it for the sake of Allah and just put Allah first. Very yeah. difficult thing to do. And I'm there's no doubt in my mind that probably majority of our viewers and even myself sometimes have like struggle with it a lot well it is a very difficult thing to do so may allah reward you and bless you immensely may allah prioritize mm-hmm. you in the way that you prioritized him mashallah. I mean, I mean, bro. I mean, bro. one of the greatest biases is the thing that we always talk about the greatest problem you could have is not knowing right 
most mm-hmm. cognitive biases operate in a, in a subconscious level, meaning you're not aware that you have these biases. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when people even call you out on it because they're not in your head, they're not you, they could see it objectively. We don't want to admit it. We're just like, nah, but what do you mean? You don't see it like that. Or maybe, you know, you're not smart enough to see it that way. Yeah. But oftentimes, like, you know, other people see it and they're telling you for a reason. Yeah, subhanAllah. I've learned that the hard way for sure. Yeah, that's tough, man. SubhanAllah. And bro. I completely forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> bro, we got four minutes. I say we just we just talk about some uh I think this episode is more gonna be on patience. I'm gonna I'm gonna title it something about patience and stuff like that. So yeah. y'all got anything what else? We, what we spoke about in the beginning about the Ramadan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was the main topic. Yeah, that was, but then now we're on, we're on this. We can we can put both, you know. We can put, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. But yeah, but um, I have yeah. one question for you guys before we cap this one. Mm-hmm. What helps you guys stay patient amidst the chaos? Mm-hmm. Angel, I'll let you go first, man. Patient against the chaos. Well, chaos in like what situation? Just any difficulty. Anything. 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 Well, pause, pause, because I remember what I was going to say before. So let me say that first, and then I'll answer. All right, so the thing that I was going to say, you, you know, Rami, you were saying that, like, I, I put my emotion aside and was able to see it for what it really was and put Allah first. Mm-hmm. And, like, bro, I'm not going to lie, this didn't happen overnight. This definitely took the entire Ramadan. Yeah. And um, it, it even took a little bit more. It even took during aid as well, like, when, Fayed has sent this video, I think it was yesterday. In the video, it has said, um, if you're looking to be happy in this life, well, then you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. Or, like, you're in the wrong place for that. And it's like, bro, like, I, I really thought about that. I'm like, hmm. Like, we, we are born and then we die. Mm. That's a, a direct example of how temporary our life is here. Yes. Right? Everything is impermanent in this life. We feel happy that's very impermanent, right? We feel sad, that's impermanent. Anything we feel, anything we experience is all temporary. So it's like, dude, if you you really are happy, dude, everything could happen, nothing could happen, and you will be happy. But that's not the case, right? We live in this dunya, it's all temporary, and then on top of that, everything in this dunya is conditional, meaning that Mm -hmm. everything needs something like, I can't say I love you, without there being a condition behind it. And if I say, I love you for the sake of Allah, there's still a condition behind it. Yeah. Only the creator can actually love you without anything, unconditional, right? So if everything has a condition, then for me to say, I am happy, that's a lie. Because it, it means I need something in order for me to be happy. Something needs to happen. I need to experience something. I need to have something. I need to finish something. Something has to happen in order for me to be happy. And if it doesn't, well, then I'm not happy. And even if it does happen, I'm only happy for this much time before I need to give myself another hit of this drug to be happy again. Yeah. Mm, yeah so it's like, bro, this. Go on, go on. Back. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just like, have you heard of this quote, this too shall pass? Yeah. It has two, it has two meanings. One is, if you're going through something bad, don't worry, it'll pass. But if you're also going through something good, it's not, it's not forever. It's temporary. Yeah, yeah it's temporary. Yeah, know. so the whole point I'm trying to make here is that because this is all temporary, 
because we live in this dunya like for me to hold on to my emotions and be like you know what well i'm going to not i'm not going to accept the hadith but i'm not going to reject them i'm just going to be kind of like a bystander because of an emotional response well that, that would be extremely selfish of me to do because what what what's the what's the point me saying that uh MMA gives me freedom. MMA makes me happy. MMA uh, makes me uh, less stuck in my head. It's like okay, but that's temporary. Yeah. At some point, bro. Some point, I could get in an accident. I could be paralyzed, and then I can't do MMA at all. Then what? Then what am I gonna say, bro? Mm. So it's like I had the choice, like humble myself or get humbled at some point or another. And it's like, dude, I'm choosing to humble myself. Cause like I still want to practice MMA, but I don't want it to be the end all be all. I don't want it to be like that main thing where it's like, you know what, my main thing should be Allah because this is all temporary. And you know what? If if I have to give up being professional, so what? Like what what is that in the grand scheme of it? Yeah. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, like I don't know the unseen. I don't know what's gonna happen. So Allah might have it in my plan still to be professional, just like Allah had it in Habib's plans. You know, we don't know Allah's plan. That's the greatest mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, dude, some dude asked Habib if uh, if he thought that Allah would be um, happy with what he's doing. And bro, Habib was straight up honest. He's like, I don't think he would be happy with what I'm doing. He was straight up honest, bro. He knew exactly what he was doing. But you know what? For some reason, it was in Allah's plan for him to be in those moments at those exact time frames. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, like, look at what happened with him and Conor McGregor. Look at, like, the huge shift that, that it had on so many individuals in this world. And, and not just individuals, but on, on the Conor McGregor himself. Like, look how humble this dude has become. I'm not going to lie. He's still got an ego. But look how much more humble he is now after getting destroyed by Habib. I love that. Bro, real quick, I put I put my video off because my phone's charging because I'm at 1%. Oh, damn. That's fine. But yeah, I agree, bro. Get, you know, humble yourself first or get humbled. Yeah, so the question you had asked, I'm going to let Rami answer because I, I talked a little bit too much here. Um, about staying patient. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I just wanted to clarify because I, I think Anhal was asking, uh, what are you talking about in, in, in regards to, you know, when, you know, are you, yeah. are you referring to yeah. patience? What I'm talking about isn't when you're amidst the chaos of your Iman. You know, may Allah guard us from that, bro. If you're having, you know, turbid- turbidities in your Iman, that's, that's a deeper issue. I'm talking about, you know, chaos in your dunya, right? Not in, in your akhirah or in your, in your Iman or deen, none, none of that. So just day-to-day trials and tribulations. How do you stay patient, both of you? Allah. Um, you know, Allah, when you mentioned patience, it reminded me of something I heard once um, about what Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah, said. And he said that, and Allah, like, it's so deep, subhanAllah. He said that patience is just gratitude during tough times and, and gratitude is just patience during good times. And subhanAllah, he was trying to say that they're interchangeable. Uh, so think about it like this. Being patient the best way to be patient is to say alhamdulillah for what you still have and say alhamdulillah for every condition and to be grateful for what Allah has given you and what Allah has, has you know, the position Allah has put you in life. And the ability to stay grateful 
during tough times results in patience, the ability to endure a lot longer. And he said that, subhanAllah, gratitude is patience during good times. And it's like, how do you, how are you patient during good times? It's like when things are good for X amount of time, sometimes you become stale. And that's the, that's the time it's easiest to fall. Like Anha always says, you know, the, well, what's the saying? The, uh, the fall always comes before. Uh, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't think that applies to this one. Are you sure? That, that's all uh, that has to do with arrogance. Yeah. But I mean, arrogance is just a lack of. The, the fall comes right after pride or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the reason the reason I believe it connects is because the op, like the Quranic opposite of of uh, arrogance is gratitude. Mm. Allah, because when Iblis fell and he became arrogant, he wasn't grateful to Allah. Um, uh, I forgot the uh, the verse that mentions that, but um, uh, Allah mentions that he was ungrateful, right? Uh, or that he wasn't being grateful to Allah. So I think there were multiple verses that yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. 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 So, um, subhanAllah, if you're in a good time, you have to be patient knowing that this may be the peak. This may be all the best you're going to get in this life and that Jannah is, has better and you just have to live life. Because um, some people, subhanAllah, when they hit, you know, the top, they may not have, you know, a lot to work for or towards. And a lot of them become very intolerant, you know, with the people around them and all this stuff. And it's like a lot of them end up losing that patience and they end up losing their iman and losing themselves because they weren't able to stay patient. Um, even in good times, subhanAllah, sometimes the test of abundance is harder than the test of um, um, scarcity. Because when you're living in abundance, you, it's so easy to forget. Um, and that's when you stop being grateful to Allah because you couldn't stay resilient and patient even during the good time. So, subhanAllah. Yo, Anho, you were saying something uh, to me and Rami before we hit record today that we, we haven't been doing something much lately. Mm. You want to say what it is so the viewers can know. Why? <laughs> just, just cause, bro. So we haven't been talking. Yeah, we haven't been talking much, right? Aside from like recording episodes, because yo, mm -hmm. everyone here is probably like, bro, what are you guys talking about? You guys did daily uploads for like ten days. He's he's referring to us just chopping it up without recording, right? Okay. But today it kind of felt like we did both, and it was like the perfect blend. Where I didn't feel like we were recording at all. Yeah. I feel like it started feeling like we were recording more, like once you kind of brought the awareness over the fact that we weren't so focused on the fact that we were recording. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And also, we yeah. had a lot of guests recently, which adds. Yeah. Really yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Um, but this is what happens when. Yeah. This is what happens when you mix business with uh would you say casual personal life personal life yeah mm. but bro for me business is my personal life so it is what it is boy if you guys made it this far hashtag home base if you want to see more episodes of just your boys at t3m no guests no filters no edits yeah mashallah yeah but that's all i have rami i know anything else that's all i got I mean, do you do you want to answer the your own question? Do you want me to answer that, or do you feel like Rami gave a? I want I want you to answer it in your substantial. way. bro. Just being on Dean, bro. I could say so much, but being on Dean is the only true way to handle the chaos. Because like, 
look, I could be here and be like, yo, you got to meditate or no, you got to be sure in yourself as a man or as a woman. It's like, bro, like, I'm sorry, but like any of this other stuff, like your ego is going to get mixed in. And once your ego gets mixed in, like, dude, you know how fragile our ego is. So it's only a matter of time before the ego uh, just gets hurt and breaks. And when it breaks, like, yeah, well, you're not going to be real. You're not going to be calm in that chaos. You're going to be real chaotic. Mm. Like, bro, perfect example. Perfect example. Let's say you're with your girl, with your wife. Let's say your wife starts acting up. If you're showing yourself as a man and you meditate or you do whatever you do when you're calm, you're on your purpose, you do your thing, right? If she acts up, maybe the first several times you'll be able to remain calm and uh, put her in her place and just kind of make sure everything's good, right? But it's going to get to a point where it's like maybe one day you might be slightly off. Maybe, maybe you know, something happened in your work. Or maybe you, know, you just, you kind of been slacking off for the past week. Or maybe, you know, just maybe you've been feeling a little insecure of yourself. Just that little slit will be enough for your ego to just shatter. And then once your ego shatters, you're going to break your frame get into an argument with your girl and then y'all will probably have more issues than anything, right? Y'all will be arguing for like a very long time and like you're going to disrupt this whole um, masculine feminine role, masculine feminine frame. And mm-hmm. it is, it might be something that you might not be able to recover from, you know, Allah knows best, Allah whoever, but it's like, dude, if you're on Dean, it doesn't matter if, your work is going slightly bad. It doesn't matter if you feel slightly insecure of yourself. It doesn't matter if um, you've been slipping up and all this other stuff. Like, bro, if, if you're on Dean and you always put Allah first, your girl comes to you and she's acting up, bro, who are you going to fear? You, you can fear her or you can fear Allah. You're going to fear the relationship going to waste, you guys getting divorced, or you're going to fear Allah. What, what are you going to fear here? So, like, I feel like the Dean keeps you in check as like okay there are priorities here mm. and i'm going to act accordingly mm. bro guess what i turned on my camera as you're saying that i'm just like bro we gotta throw in another hashtag hashtag relatable if you can relate to that if you have wives or well you can't really have anything other than a wife maybe you have a husband you know for women if you're a woman uh, yeah, only if you're a woman, bro. We, you know, we don't we don't do that that over here. <laughs> but uh, if you got a wife or a husband, how many of you can relate? I had to turn on my camera because, bro, hundred percent. That's facts. You know, um, keeping staying on Dean is the only way. Yep. Rami, relate? No relate? Um, you're not exactly married, but I can definitely relate. Something that I know where he's coming from. Or just you know, with people, or just in general. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, actually, I made a video recently. You know, five. I think it was five tips for life, or something like that. Not recently. Mm-hmm. The last videos I made. Was it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. On All channel. right, we're gonna link that. Inshallah, inshallah. And uh, one of the uh, tips was something I learned from Anhel: be present. Uh, and something I learned you know, from Islam: and be conscious of Allah, because being present in the moment allows you to you know know what's going on uh, around you. But being conscious of Allah no tells you exactly how to act. Because when you remember Allah is watching you, what your actions are good and the way you do those actions are good. So 
what you're saying to someone is, is sahih, it's, it's authentic, it's true for the sake of Allah. And the way you're saying it is also for the sake of Allah. So you're not coming off as like a, uh, some lunatic or something, losing his head top, thinking, you know, he's doing the right thing. So uh, 100%. Bro, bro and, and it goes to show like what you're saying, like if, if, if you're feeling Allah, if, if you have the deen for us, if, if you focus on Allah, like you're going to come from that place. You know, like you may be hurt. Right, what this person said may have hurt you, yeah. But you're going to come from a place of like, you know what, the creator's watching you right now, yeah. Like, what I say, I am liable for, what I do, I am liable for. So, if I act up here, I'm the one that's mm. gonna pay that consequence, not you. The facts, bro. As you were saying that thing about you know, people that are that could relate with their wives or spouses about that. It's not just that, but I feel like as men, we have that pressure because at the end of the day, when it's kiyama, when it's, you know, we're, we're, when we're answering Allah, we are held accountable for everyone in our house, right? Yes, our, our spouses, our wives, they're, they're, they're going to be responsible for what happens in the house, like, you know, making sure the house is straight and everything, but we are going to be held accountable for our family. You know, we are the guardian, we are the wali. You know, about wives, nice. about kids, bro. So at the end of the day, if we're not looking out for the fam, chances not somebody else has to, it's going to crumble. And most of the time, yeah. uh, <laughs> women don't really want that pressure, bro. And they don't need to. A lot ordained for us that pressure. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yep. Allah, that is true. Yep. And, and before any chick tries to... Um, say anything and you know I'll, I'll rephrase that i'll rephrase that so if, if a woman is feeling offended by me saying chick i'll rephrase that right if any woman is uh not taking this so well or you know, she might be saying something oh well if i'm if i'm acting up or if i'm upset well the man should be listening or uh, listen all right when a woman acts up when you act up as a woman do you want a man that's just going to listen to you and basically say, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, baby, yes, baby, okay, baby, okay, I'll do this for you, baby, oh, I'm sorry, baby. Do you want this? Do you want the pleaser who's just trying to please you, or do you want a man who's going to be daddy? Who You know, and again, if that offends you, I'll rephrase it. I'll rephrase it for you. You want a man who's going Papi. to be proper. No, 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 bro. It's the same thing. That's the same thing, but in Spanish. Come on, man. Do you want a man that's actually going to hold it down? And not only is he going to look at you, he's going to listen to you, but he's going to make all your troubles seem like nothing. And all the chaos that you are experiencing, the mental or emotional chaos, he's going to put all that to rest and bring you back to your center. Yeah. Do you want that or do you want to do that's just trying to please you? I mean, come on now. Yeah, subhanAllah. One thing hashtag I want to strong add. men. Bro, we're running out of hashtags for this, bro. What is this, oh, Twitter? SubhanAllah. Is that Guys, let's wrap this up, bro, because I know to go cook something. Well, fire, fire. Well, we, not fire, but uh, Rami, what are you going to say? Yo, I was just going to add on really quickly. A lot of them um, are going to assume, like, worst case scenario, they're going to assume something like, um, but what if he you know, does something wrong. What if he wrongs me? Uh, what about know? is them? You heard about that? 
What's up? What aboutism? It's called it's called what aboutism. It's exactly. this it's this fundamental uh, flaw that everyone has. They think about the worst case scenario, like, mm-hmm. oh, what if the man actually can't provide and the woman has to do this because basically he's like paralyzed. Like, bro, you guys are bringing like the weirdest <laughs> like worst case scenarios that don't yes. happen like ninety nine percent. That's kind of love. So I'll mention this so they don't fall into what aboutism. Is that what it's called? Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them are going to be like, well, if he abuses me, neglects me, harms me, throws me in the street, and, and I come home, I expect him to at least say sorry. You know, I don't want a man is not able to say, say sorry. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. It's, it's when you're acting up, when you're out of place, when you're uh, transgressing, or even when you're being, not on team. Yes, yes, so even that. Um, it's not like when he beats you up and then won't apologize. <laughs> nobody, nobody take that. Or out. even if. He beats you up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me add on to my example because I feel like I, I, I left out a part. So I talked about a dude like basically saying please and like trying to please her. But like I, I forgot to mention that there's steps that happens before a man gets to that point. See, like a man will start from a proper state. And if he doesn't have that taqwa, he doesn't have that fear of Allah, if he's acting from his ego, like I said, it, it'll be a while. Like he might be able to hold it down a few times but there's going to be that one day where something's off and then he's going to slip and when he slips the frame is broken and when the frame is broken again it may never be uh reformed and if it's never reformed then it ends up in the man taking the feminine frame Mm. and the woman taking the masculine frame and then the man is basically here saying please 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 begging the woman trying to please her and not wanting to handle with any confrontation you know so had to clear that up there mashallah mashallah all right right. guys i'm not saying anything bro this is this is it bro we're gonna we're never gonna stop talking all right all right guys if you made it this far special announcement only for those that made it this far one me and angel have new mics and they will be in a few episodes maybe in one or two episodes inshallah Inshallah. number two I am launching my own first YouTube channel. You know, I don't want any of you guys to say anything else pertaining to that. But if you made it this far, uh, maybe write hashtag fire's channel. But that's it. That's all you guys are going to know for now. Oh, I got something to add, too. I got something Mm -hmm. to add, too. Mm -hmm. Inshallah, I will be re-releasing my coaching program for self-improvement. So if there's anyone out there who's trying to go deeper into the self-improvement, hit me up. I will leave the information in the description box below. And uh, yeah, inshallah. 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 All right, mashallah. With that being said, may Allah bless you all. If you made it this far, this was a prime episode. Prime episode, mashallah. It's supposed to OG. be mashallah. OG. Mashallah. I'm not going to add another hashtags panel. We have five or six. So with that being said, may Allah bless you all. Remember all the hashtags. If you write all of them, you are definitely an OG. So may Allah bless you. And with that being said, اللهم آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وكنا أذاب النار السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته